Welcome to the WDW for Families podcast, a show dedicated to helping families plan their trip to Walt Disney World. All right, welcome to WDW for Families, and you may or may not be able to tell, but we're recording from different locations today. One reason is because we just have not been able to get together, but we are meeting next week to record, so it's the good news. Uh, And the other good news today is that we've got Rusty back with us. Say hello, Rusty. Hey, I'm glad to be back with you guys. Yeah, I told you Rusty wasn't going away. We just will have to to do some more remote locations with uh, Rusty. I am sitting in my backyard on the porch in a glorious day in Middle Tennessee talking to Rusty and Randy Whitman. What's going on, Randy? I'm here. I'm, I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing good. And today's topic is something that we've been threatening to talk about for a little while. Randy went somewhere exciting, and he's going to tell us all about it. And Rusty and I are basically just going to give, giving you questions about it. And uh, I think next week we're going to record another part of this with the rest of the crew, Shelby and Jesse. And I think Stephanie's planning on being there. So, uh, but today, Russ, Randy, tell us where you went. So we, we celebrated, my wife and I, Beth, uh, we celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. And uh, our way of celebrating is to add another Disney park or two to our notch uh, and our belt of all the parks we've been to. So we went to the Disney in Hong Kong and the one in Shanghai as well. While we were over there, oh, we thought we might as well hit both of them. <laughs> that's crazy. That's like a dream of most Disney fans. So uh, what we obviously want to know about what it took for you to get there. Yeah. And how you got there. A lot. Of, we're just going to dive into it. So, Randy, just tell us, first of all, about how long in advance did you start planning this thing? That's a great question. So we um, we had, just to make a, a short story long, we uh, had some water damage at our house five years ago. It ran into an insurance claim. I did some of the stuff myself. And long story short, we had a chunk of money that we could do something with. And it happened to be our 15th anniversary. And we went to the Disney in Tokyo. I think I've talked about that previously on the podcast. And so it was at that time, five years ago, uh, to answer your question, we decided that, hey, wouldn't it be great if for our 20th, if we went to the Hong Kong park um, and then realized they were building Shanghai and added that to the mix as well. And so it's been five years in the making and I'm a planner by nature. So I've been working on this, planning on this for really a solid five years. Um, And I wanted to be able to do it affordably. We didn't have um, a surprise chunk of money to to spend on this like we did last time. So we wanted to be saving for it and wanted to make sure we could you know afford it and do it well. You know, we didn't want to be staying in hostels in China. <laughs> I love so, that. So I don't I'm make sure I'm, I got your I'm answering your question here, well, Todd, but I, I think uh, what what I did was I spent a, t- a lot of time online. I'm a big fan of the credit card points. And so I uh, spent five years accruing credit card points and even opened and closed some credit cards and did the initial charge to get the points so that we could get enough to fly business class for free round trip from Nashville, Tennessee to Hong Kong to Beijing, uh, Shanghai and back. 
So that's what we did. Um, it was a it was a long journey, but it was uh, pretty amazing to be able to acquire that many points. <laughs> hey, Randy, how long? How, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you can even figure that, but how many cards did you have to go through to get that many points to for all the flights, or was that with all with one airline? Yeah, so we went. Uh, Chase has uh, ultimate rewards. We, uh, you know, I've got a business, so I was able to run some business expenses through it as well. So I think Beth and I each opened uh, three credit cards in order to do that, and did the minimum charge. You can't open them all on the same day because you, you know you want to be able to charge the minimum amount, and and that you know, and we don't always spend that much in one month. So you got to make sure that you spread that out and there's a whole way to do it there's a guy uh, a guy on the line called the points guy and he's who I followed and he you know it was his his website and his twitter i don't i didn't get on the twitter but but uh, it was his account that kind of taught me how to do that so if you're interested in it that's who i would point you to right and when you started making your hotel reservations did y'all just do a disney hotel there that's a great question. So initially, you know, we looked into the price. First of all, I was surprised to find out you could not book uh, Disney hotels very far in advance. Hmm. So you're looking at about um, four to six months was about as far in advance as you could book uh, the Disney hotels. So that was surprising. But, you know, I could kind of see how much they were costing um, and was able to budget for that. They were, you know, on the higher side. Now, you're, you know, we stayed when we were at Hong Kong. Uh, we stayed at the Disney Explorers Lodge, which is their newest hotel. Um, and in Shanghai, we stayed at the Shanghai Disneyland Hotel, which is their flagship hotel. Um, the ones in Hong Kong are, are all three pretty similar, um, and they're like 50 bucks a night apart. So we, we ours was the middle, but it was only like 50 bucks cheaper than the Disneyland Hotel, and it was, it was just as nice. Um, and then... We also stayed at some other hotels, and we stayed at you know other ones and other nights. Uh, they were very nice, but we got them for good deals. They were actually all nicer, frankly, than the Disney hotels, but um, but were less expensive because it didn't carry the Disney brand, and uh, they weren't close to the parks. So, but again, we found deals and and small boutique hotels, and uh, really, you know, had a unique. Um, hotel experience so that was really great too okay so give us the scope of this trip like how many days out give us kind of the timeline before we move on to really just talking about hong kong in particular yep so we were gone from nashville for 12 days um you basically have a travel day there and a travel day back so there's two of them we were in china or in asia for 10 days um our first three uh, nights were in the we're in Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong's airport is in an island just off of, of the Hong Kong island, um, and Disney is on the same island with the airport. So uh, it was real convenient for the airport. That's why we stayed all three nights at the Disney hotel there. We could have saved a hundred or two hundred dollars by staying in a different hotel, um, at least one or two of those nights, but. Uh, we just really liked the convenience. And so it was not only close to the parks, but also close to the um, uh, airport. And then we also, every city we stayed in, we did a day in the park, and then we did a day of, of visiting the city itself. So uh, day one was uh, the Hong Kong City tour. Day two was Hong Kong Park, um, Disney Park. 
Then we did a travel day over to Shanghai, and we did a day of visiting the city of Shanghai, and then we did two days of visiting the Shanghai Disney Park because we had heard it was bigger, nicer, and worth two days, which it was. Um, and then we did uh, the high-speed train, the bullet train up to Beijing, and did a day at the Great Wall, and then a day uh, of visiting the city of Beijing before coming home. So it was a, it was a good long experience uh, away from our kids for a long time. By the way, our kids did not come. This is not about them. It's about me and Beth. <laughs> well, let me shoot in one more question here before Rusty gets another question or two in. Uh, obviously, I well, people don't know this. I've never traveled to, uh, to the Far East particularly a communist country was there any were there any hang-ups with that i wouldn't suspect there would be i mean in this new in this new age but what what was different about that yeah and so beth and i have been to a variety of countries in the past um but we've never been to a communist country and so we were a little bit uncertain i wouldn't say we were nervous or anxious but we just we knew it would be different um I will say this is the first country in a while that I've been to that needs a visa. So uh, we found out later that we probably did not need a visa if we had, um, if we had uh, adjusted our flights correctly, we probably could have got away without a visa, but we did get visas. That's a big pain. I would say that would probably five to $600 to get our visas, to get you know the, the service company that provides them for you, the whole thing. So that was a big pain. Um, I was, there were moments where we felt, you know, it felt a little communistic where, you know, you're in this giant train station that's a big concrete uh, box of a building next to another big concrete box, which is the airport. Um, there were moments like that where it felt communistic, but most of the time when you're going to the Starbucks or the KFC, uh, when you're shopping with the little entrepreneurial on the guy on the street you know it doesn't it doesn't seem like what i thought a communist country would be yeah. uh, you know i didn't spend a lot of time watching the news there so i don't, I don't you know <laughs> it, you know that there were moments where like we could not get facebook if we were on uh, a wi-fi we have we have sprint service you can make fun of me for that later but we have sprint cell phone service and it was very smooth, came over very easily, did not need a SIM card, did not need to buy another phone. We, it was very easy. Hmm. Uh, and with a Sprint, I could get on Google, I could get on Facebook, or my wife could. Uh, we, we could do all that stuff. But if you were on um, the Wi-Fi, you could not use Google, you could not use Facebook. Um, the weather app on your iPhone uh, shows the air quality if it's poor air quality um, because of pollution and such it'll show up on your on your iPhone but not if you're on Chinese Wi-Fi they block that element you can get the weather but they won't tell you the air quality huh. uh, so there's little stuff like that that was interesting um, and it certainly was a lot of fun to learn about we did a lot of preparation on that and and really tried to make that um, you know m make sure we were comfortable with that uh, does that did I get what you wanted, Todd? Yeah, yeah. Rusty, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you, Randy, about the fact that I'm sure one of the things a lot of people are curious about, uh, we don't know Mandrian or anything else. So how is it just... Mandrian. You know, learning, I don't know Mandrian. 
Yeah. Mandarin either. I know yeah. Mandarin. <laughs> Mandarin, I'm sorry. And I'm talking about oranges. I'm sitting here eating food, guys. Yeah. I'm sitting here eating my Mandarin orange. No, man. Yeah. But, hey, how, how was the travel? You're going there. You're going to, I know a lot of people, when you go to, to airports and you know you don't speak the language, you're always kind of curious. Will I, what will I understand? Uh, yeah. How is the interactions going to be? when I'm navigating a city, like when y'all would go out during, to the city during the day, and then even in the parks? Yes, so, uh, you know, not only, in addition to what you're saying, if it is all in Mandarin or Cantonese, how do I memorize the characters? Like I can't, you know, if it were French, I could at least memorize the first three letters of a word, you know? But how do I even memorize the characters was a concern for us. Um, and there was a lot of things we did to prepare for that. First of all, let me say, it's not as bad as you would fear. Um, uh, everything in the airports and in the, uh, in the train stations had enough English. You know, exit was marked in English. Where the ticketing was, where the gates were, all of that had English lettering um, and English words. So, so that was not a problem. Um, now, once you, and even uh, now they've gone to where all the street signs are also have English in them. Maybe not out in the out in the suburbs, but when you're in the city, everything has English lettering. Uh, I say lettering because Beijing isn't really an English word per se, but but you know it, it, it's spelled the way you would expect it to be spelled. Um, so that was very easy. Hong Kong actually had been a, a colony, a British colony, and so English is one of their official languages. So. It's much easier in Hong Kong than it's going to be in Shanghai or Beijing. Um, so it wasn't that big a deal in Hong Kong. Once you get in the park and you get, you know, you, it's, when you step in the park, it's like stepping into the United States, um, especially in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is a mirror of, in many ways, uh, of, of the Disneyland in California. So it's, you know, the, the names of the rides are all in English. Uh, everything you need to know is in English. Um, so that makes it easy. When ordering food, especially at Disney, you know, they'll have meal one, two, three, four, and five, and they'll have a picture, and they'll have it in English and in Cantonese. Um, something I found was while, while most of the visitors to these parks were, you know, within 100 or 200 miles, you know, they're mostly locals, um, we did have, you know, they, they do have Korean people there. They do have Japanese. They do have other stuff. And English is the common language. English is what everybody knows. So English is what is on the signs. So it was easy to order food. Even if you had any questions, you could just point at the picture. It was very easy. Um, inside the Hong Kong park, which is what we're talking about today, uh, everything was, even the shows were translated to English. So if we went to a show about Mickey and the big magic book and he's going through and exploring, you know, life uh, through this book and, and meeting different characters, then the songs were all in English. Um, the, the interaction, the way Mickey would talk to Pluto would be in Cantonese, but there would be English subtitles up on big screens to the side. And when they sang the songs in English, the translation of the song would be in Cantonese on the big screen. So English was very easy in Hong Kong. Uh, once you got to Shanghai and Beijing, they know enough to do their job. If their job is to ask how many for your boat, 
uh, on the Pirates of the Caribbean, they know how many are in your party. Like they know how to say that. Um, they know how to do their job. Uh, if we, we, we when we bought um, Pandora jewelry, because Beth likes to get her charm every every park she goes to, everywhere she goes. So when we buy the charm, they could give us the price in numbers. So they would say, you know, it's it's three one five two. Um, they couldn't say three thousand one hundred fifty two, but you know they got the point across. So we were we were fine in all those situations. Now the, where you're gonna have trouble is gonna be the taxi. Is gonna be if you're trying to do something with somebody who doesn't always interact with tourists, then uh, you're gonna need some kind of element there. So what, one of the things Beth got me for Christmas, she got me a little tool called Ely, I-L-I. And what you do is you push the button, you speak into it in English, and within about three seconds, it translates what you just said into Mandarin. Um, and so that was a real fun tool that we used occasionally. Um, it really was more a security blanket than anything else. Okay. Since you started to talk about the park, let's go and move into the park real quick. Yep. Um, I know there are a lot of differences, but just give us the highlight differences. And do you go to guest services there and say, hey, I'm an American? Because, you know, when I hang out, at, you know, I have that creepy habit of hanging out in guest services. But when I go to guest services in America, the American parks, I always see someone of a foreign language come in and, and ask about the services for their native tongue. Did you guys do that over there? And what were the immediate differences that you saw? So about four weeks before we left, Beth broke her foot. Um, and so she was in a boot. And she was a trooper the whole trip. She never complained. I mean, she iced and that kind of thing, but she was not a complainer. We did, it did not slow us down. But what it did do is bring us to guest services every you know, day in a park to get to find out what their program was and how to you know how to how to uh, not have to wait in line longer than we had to because of her broken foot. Um, so yes, we did go to guest services. I don't think we would have needed to. Um, we were very comfortable from the from the get go <laughs> of being able okay. to kind of walk through the park or whatever. They did have maps, kind of like they do in Magic Kingdom, where they got maps in all different languages. Um, you know, there was plenty of those and English was, you know, the second most popular one. So that was easy. Well, what about, what, just real quick as to that, what about the magic? Did you feel like you were walking into Disney World when you walked in there? Um, yes, to a degree. I think for us, it was as much as anything, a feeling of we finally made it. Five years of planning. And, uh, you know, a long flight and you walk in, it's like, we did it. We, we are here. Um, it has worked. And so I think that was what I felt as much as anything. Um, but yes, it is, you know, it does immediately transport you back to a Disney park, right? So it's all the same emotions you might feel walking into Magic Kingdom. Um, it was great. It was great. I'll say in Hong Kong, which is where we started, the Main Street, the height of the buildings are short, much like uh, Disneyland in California is shorter than Magic Kingdom. Uh, the length of the street is probably half the length of, of Disneyland in California, a third <laughs> the length of the Disney World, Magic Kingdom. 
um, the length of the street is short. We were there 30 minutes before opening, and you know, compared to, to Magic Kingdom, it was empty. Uh, 10 minutes before the park opens, we're out on Main Street. They're doing a rope drop over at the at the at the uh, castle, and uh, we're the second person behind. You know, it's 10 minutes before it's only packed. You know, three people deep. It's not. <laughs> There's not that many people even waiting. When they did open the park, they, you know, shoved us over to Fantasyland first, and they opened it one land at a time, so just to keep it from feeling empty. Um, so it just wasn't a lot of people there. It wasn't crowded at all. Uh, great. Uh, we had a, a guy probably who came to us right away. Could tell we were foreign. Um, very nice to us, uh, spoke his, you know, pretty good English, um, and really tried to make sure we knew our way around the park, uh, just was really nice to us, and that was before the park even opened. So, yeah, there was that Disney magic, that Disney customer service was there from the very beginning. Hey, Randy, so that was great. Yeah. Hey, I was going to ask you a question about just from the ride standpoint. I know that a lot of the rides are the same, but in what way were there any rides that were just noticeably, hey, this is different, this is you know, this is completely, it's, it may be called Space Mountain, but it's, it's different. Well, they had Space Mountain, and they had it themed uh, like Star Wars. So they do that in Disneyland, but they don't do that in Magic Kingdom right now. But that was, that was neat. That was special. Um, I'm trying to look at a map as we, as we kind of go around here so I can remember. Well, uh, I know the Haunted Mansion is not, because they, don't, they have a different belief system about ghosts over there in, the, in that part of the world. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't research about their the belief in ghosts, but there definitely was not a, uh, a haunted mansion. It was called Mystic Manor, and it was very uh, crisp and sharp and good looking, and it it felt newer. Um, I don't I don't know how old it is, but it, it felt like a newer ride. Um, it it was more that the the theming there was uh, this guy had gone around the world and collected uh, different. Um, relics from around the world and there was a monkey and the monkey rubbed the lamp or whatever it is he did and, and then this spirit was released and now made all of these relics come to life and so you're in these little cars uh, that are not on a visible track they're run by something underground I, I guess that kind of bring it where it needs to go but, but uh, you go around and you see the suits of armor come to life and you see the the, the uh, tiki god masks come to life and and uh, speak and uh, so you can't go from room to room as that happens. Uh, it was very smooth. It was very uh, the, the te technology was great. So that was that one was definitely unique and a lot of fun. Um, over in the Grizzly Gulch section, they have kind of their version of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Um, it was better than Thunder Mountain Railroad. It was again newer technology. Um, you, you know. So what was funny? This is a little funny tidbit here. Uh, there was a guy, a little boy, in front of us who rode by himself. Um, you know, it was it seats two across, like all roller coasters do. And uh, but he was riding by himself, and he turned around and stared at us pretty much the entire ride. Uh, <laughs> It got to a point where the ride stopped and you know we thought we were going to click 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 up the next hill 
and then it stopped for a second and all of a sudden released and the train went backwards. The, the roller coaster went backwards, kind of like a Everest would do. That surprised us. And he thought that was hilarious that we were surprised by that. And he started uh, to my wife, to Beth, saying, we, we could hear him while the roller coaster was going, he was saying, you, you beautiful, uh, you, you pretty. And then started <laughs> making kissy noises uh, toward my wife, which was hilarious. Like, uh, he's about 12, probably. And so Beth and I are just think that's hilarious. We get off the ride. He runs ahead and catches up with his mom, who's been waiting for him at the end of the ride. And he's, you know, turning around and pointing to us as, as their walk away. And then, that's funny, so Beth and I are laughing about it. Well, a few minutes later, he comes back, holding his mom's hand, comes walking up to us, and says to Beth, uh, you, you beautiful, and that's it, walks on. So <laughs> she's, got a, uh, she's got a fan in, uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's nice. One, well, that's one of our hey, recollections. Since you're there in Grizzly Gulch, was there a country bear jamboree? I did not find a country bear jamboree. <laughs> I, I think, you know, they haven't really, I think, exported that as much I, as you might think. I'm pretty sure it's there, actually. <laughs> well, I didn't it. see it. Okay. <laughs> Maybe, but I didn't see it. All right. I don't well, see that on how about some of the other attractions? What about, uh, what would their equivalent of, you know, we've got, you know, it, it I guess that's their western land. What's it? What's their equivalent of adventure land? And what's what's their Pirates of the Caribbean like? So their Pirates of the Caribbean was uh, well. I don't know that they had one. I don't. I don't remember a Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, uh, um, that's interesting. Uh, now their their Small World um, had more distinct. They actually had picture had uh, uh, signs that would label what part of the country you were in. So uh, you know, one would be North America. One would be Africa, that kind of stuff. They also put uh, characters in the ride as well, so that you would see, you know, um, I don't know, you see Aladdin and Jasmine. In yeah, the Arabia yeah. section. Disneyland does that too. Yes, they've started doing that. Yeah. So that was that was fun, a little different than Disney World, um, but other than that, it was pretty good. Had outside entrance, kind of like a Disneyland in California would have. Um, so that was clever. They have a. Uh, Lion King show like we do at Animal Kingdom um, only it was a little different uh, it, it was the, uh, the the songs were a little were a little different um, the, the they, they didn't do all the uh, the make the sound like the giraffe and make the sound like the like the elephant that kind of pre-show that was different um, but it was really good that I, I thought for a minute they weren't going to do the the fire throwing part which is my favorite part of that show but they did that and the knife and did it more they did not have the monkeys uh that the people dressed as monkeys jumping around doing that a bit but they did do some other uh, acrobatic stuff that was really neat so it was similar but different uh it was definitely worth going to uh they have a toy story land which has <laughs> a slinky dog ride that's like what you would see at a carnival um, it, the dog maybe has, uh, I don't know, you know, 15 or 20 pairs, right? Uh, sections of his body that are where people sit. Those are the train cars. Uh, but it does, is not a roller coaster. It, it, the, the, the dog, the slinky dog's nail, uh, nose touches his tail. So he just kind of chases his tail in a circle 
Um, it does kind of go up and down a little bit as you go around, but it's very carnival-esque. It is not a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> they have the RC racer, which is where you sit in maybe eight rows, maybe five across on each row, six across on each row, and then you go up this big U um, uh, track that goes, you know, so you start in the middle and it brings you up and then down and up and then ba back and forth, up and down the U. Again, what you might have at a carnival. Um, mm -hmm. I was too big to fit on that ride. I am six foot two and weigh about 240 pounds. And I was too big to fit on, uh, to get the thing shut. Uh, apparently they grow people a little smaller in Hong Kong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would think so. They have the exact same ride in Shanghai and I was able to fit on that one. So uh, I was able to ride it at a, at a later time. So that was good. Uh all right, what, what was the best ride there? What was the ride that most people were excited about over there, like the longest line? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say um, that their version of the, of the uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad was pretty popular. Um, you know, they, they did have a Jungle Cruise. That was fun. Uh, we thought it was going to be we, – we actually got a, an English-speaking boat. They had some boats that, that did English. Um, but their version of the comedy was uh, was not as good as ours, and uh, that's and she not wasn't, saying a lot. She wasn't very funny, and they didn't seem to get it. It's I I I, I don't know if it I don't know if they missed it. I, I don't I don't understand what what that was about. Um, they did have that. Back to what are the favorites? Um, that RC racer, you know, in Toy Story, that was pretty popular, uh, for sure. Let me see what else. Space Mountain was a popular one. Um, I don't know. We we did the uh, we did not do Mickey's Philharmagic. We assumed it would be the same. Uh, what else would be? We did not. You know, do that's the that's the park that had the Mickey's uh, musical review or whatever that was called that used to occupy that space of Philharmagic at at Magic Kingdom. Hey, what about the food in the park? So we ate at uh, kind of their version of a Crystal Palace kind of thing. Um, let me see if I can find the name of it here. I can't. The Plaza Inn is where we ate, and it was kind of their big thing. Their castle there is small. Um, it is the size of kind of the Disneyland in, in California, uh, that castle. Um, and the castle was under construction. So, oh, okay. Um, there was no restaurant in the castle, uh, at least not that we could get to. So this was their flagship. Uh, we went, and you know, to be frank, I'm not a fan. Uh, a lot of rice, uh, a lot, a lot of things made of rice, rice bread and rice pudding and rice rolls of different kind. Um, a lot of seafood. It was very unique. Um, I, I'm looking here at pictures of what we. Of what we got uh you know there was some tofu kind of stuff they did like duck um, they do like chicken over there so there was some of that but it was it was very unique and, and we bought a kind of a, a a preset menu that way we could get to try lots of things and try we did there was dim sum uh there was this ca boiled cabbage kind of stuff that was um okay so it, it wasn't really my style uh, of food. Uh, there, here's a uh, there was a corn uh, chowder soup. It was like an egg drop soup. 
but with bits of corn in it. Um, so, you know, if, if here, I, I've, got the, I've got the preset menu, a barbecue specialty combo, crab meat and corn thick soup, uh, sauteed shrimp and scallops, uh, sweet and sour pork with pineapple cubes. That was good. And hey, uh, what about well, what about the like the little vendor stations? Like, what did they sell? So there, I got some pear juice, and that was good. Um, <laughs> they had they had popcorn, right? That's a, that's a thing, and they had flavored popcorn. They had uh, the, like a, a cheddar kind of a thing, and they had a uh, strawberry kind of a flavor, uh, huh. you know, red red fruity uh, flavor on the popcorn. So that was good. Um, they had the Mickey bars. Did churros? Uh, you know, I don't remember any churros. <laughs> or turkey legs? <laughs> no, I did not see any turkey legs there. However, um, not to not to eat into China, the Shanghai's podcast, but the turkey legs in Shanghai are extremely popular. Um, <laughs> there was a line that had to be a 30-minute line, and they had a sign that limit two. Uh, that's wow. how popular they are. Huh. Oh, wow. So, so that Go was ahead, interesting. Rusty. Rusty, I hadn't heard from you in a while. Well, hey, Randy, you know, you, as you walk through it, it's basically at a one-day park. I mean, you also just yes. one day there. And could you, do, could you see yourself doing multiple days there in the park? No. No, not, I wouldn't go all the way there for multiple days. Hong Kong Park, I, again, I've not been to Paris, but Beth has. My wife has. Um and of all the parks in the world, this is the one to skip. Uh, this is the one you go to if, if you just want to mark it off the list and say you've been to them all, uh, which is what we were trying to do. So, what about the characters? Like uh, now, you know the, the Far Eastern parks have a pretty good reputation for their characters. Did you notice anything different? You I know, know not I, I'm not a character guy, and so we just didn't spend a lot of time doing that. Um, okay. There was a there was a parade. Um, but even that, it just everything was just a little simpler. Everything was a little bit toned down. Uh, like I said, the the length of Main Street is half the length. Um, everything was just a little toned down. The parade was a little smaller, uh, but we didn't spend a lot of time trying to watch the parade. Frankly, we were we were out trying to do the things that were a little more unique. Um, you know, like I said, that the storybook show was was really neat. That was unique, and there was now some that sounds that sounds a lot like the one in Disneyland, though Mickey and the Magic Book. Yes, and I haven't done the one in Disneyland, so okay, that, that may be true. Yeah. yeah, that may be true. They they but basically they you know Mickey turns the page and here's another set of a song. Is it is King Louie in it? Yep, King Lou is in it. Yeah. Okay, that's the same show. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Rusty, any any last thoughts or comments or anything? No, I think Rusty? I think Randy's done a great job of answering a lot of questions and giving us an insight to it. And uh, you know, I, I was looking through the map and just noticing that there is so much that's similar, but yet a little different. I just have one question for you, Randy. Did y'all go over and see the Tarzan area? It looks kind of reminds me of Tom Sawyer Island, but looks a little bigger, but yet doesn't seem like it has a lot there. <laughs> Yeah, that that was that's number nine on my map here. I don't know which one it is on yours, but yeah, we we did not uh, Tarzan's treehouse. I see. No, we we did not go over there. That was that was something we opted to skip. Okay. Um, okay. But, but but we just you know back to kind of Todd's question: Is it worth going? I, my answer to you would be, 
No. I mean, if, if you're over there anyway, if you're in Hong Kong hanging out, it'd be a fun thing to see. Uh, but, but it is not, in my view, worth the trip. It is not enough different, enough unique uh, to do that. To make have you done the have you done the 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 uh the one that's different the water one good night i can't even think of the name tokyo the one seas. in tokyo the uh you know yes I, yeah, yeah, yeah the one that's like like ten thousand leagues under the sea or right, right, something right. like that that when, one in tokyo when, when we went that was uh being refurbished oh, and okay. so as we've talked to people who've been to multiple parks in fact we met with a family that was uh in shanghai that uh, had been to all the parks um, and they were talking about how great that ride is and it's commonly mentioned uh, but no we were not able to ride that one because it was okay. it was the construction okay um, all right well i we will have plenty more questions it'll be much easier to see you in person and ask these questions and get more back and forth next week when we talk about shanghai with hopefully jesse and stephanie and and uh, shelby and we we may actually record a couple shows next week and uh so we don't know exactly what we'll be airing next week but uh rusty randy any final things you want to say either one of you start with randy anything final you want to say uh you know I, i'll say that the the people were always gracious when we were there they were always kind uh, everybody was helpful uh we never felt like we weren't safe um they they're they're great with public transportation they had a the train went right up to the park which was fantastic uh, so there, you know, the bus system was great. Oh, here's a little side note. Here's a side little thing. They had in line for their buses. They had the rails that we're used to, and then they had a little flip down seats so that you could sit at these little seats while waiting for the bus, uh, the Disney bus. So that was something that was we thought they should bring back to Florida. Nice. Uh, but so that was pretty neat. But no, overall we had a great trip. Uh, people, everybody was great to us. Um, it was a it was a great experience. All right, Rusty, anything? Well, listen, I think that does it for me. I'm I'm disappointed that the the food wasn't a little bit better. I, I, I that'd be my biggest thing is what were the snacks, what were the all the things like that because that's you know we're, we're food people. So. <laughs> well, there'll be a lot. There was a lot better food in Shanghai. I think you'll be happier with uh, the Shanghai podcast. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. Thanks for bearing with us as we've been hot and cold again this summer. But we'll be back recording with you next week. And from, for Rusty and for Todd and for Randy, you're never too old to wish upon a star. Uh-huh.